Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Test Rugby returns to Tonga as Fiji stuns Scotland. A major contender rules out hosting the 2019 Pacific Games. And we check in with the Cook Islands under-21 Nepal team. But first, the Samoa Rugby Union has rejected allegations of severe mistreatment, saying the family of the player who made the claims only did so because their son was dropped from the national under-20s team. Ethan Lulaseo's family wrote an open letter to Samoa's Prime Minister, Tuileipa Selele Malialinga Oi, in his capacity as chairman of the Samoa Rugby Union. The letter said that when the Australian-based player travelled to Samoa for under-20s trials in March, he was not looked after as promised, supposedly being housed in the high-performance unit without hot water, kitchen facilities, regular meals and incomplete toilets. The letter stated Lolaseo had to receive medical treatment in Samoa because he had multiple boils on his body due to the conditions of his accommodation. The SAU said it took player welfare very seriously and that some of the issues cited by the Lolaseos could be traced to the fact the coach JP Liotta did not provide any training or accommodation plans. Liotta was subsequently replaced as coach by Mahanri Schwalga for the Under-20 World Cup and Schwalger says the allegations would never have been made if the player had been selected in the team. You know, it's, it's always going to happen. You know, there, there'll be some parents that are not happy. Uh, they're not picking their child in the team. But it's just the way it is, you know. Uh, here in Samoa, the HPU and uh, the rugby union facility is one of the best. So I, I don't see where all those accusations are coming from. These kids are fed well. They have uh, five meals a day. So every parent wants uh, the best for the kid. And I guess, you know, some parents, you know, will come out if their kid is not getting picked for the walk-up. You know, I'm aware that it's something that we we got to make sure that we got to reply in, in a sort of positive way instead of trying to, you know, make a big thing out of it. As far as you can tell, you've obviously been with the team both as a technical advisor and then obviously taking over as head coach in the lead-up. From all your dealings, yeah. as far as you're aware, the players were getting their meals and they were there was running water, etc.? I joined the team of the Oceana. They had a few problems through the coaches, and you know, it's just that communication line. So the, the, and that's the reason why that's the coaches stepped down because there were a lot of things that didn't go off well of them uh, between the players and the parents, and they sort of hired me to try to step in and try to fix that. But obviously, things didn't go well to the World Cup, and obviously, the, the son of the parents didn't make it the team, and now they're all coming out. It's pretty tough. Got to make sure that we take the positive out of it. And the rugby union, they're run by really professional people. And I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying that they will never make mistakes. But obviously this kid is sort of really disappointed in go to the walk-up. Did you see the boils that were on his body or anything like that at the time? <laughs> it's, it's a tropical island. And the thing is, in this tropical island, if you don't look after yourself well in terms of your nutrition and what you eat well. So these kids, you know, when, when in, in the rugby union, they, they feed them five meals. They have a nutrition as well. They're, these kids, uh, when they don't get what they want to eat, 
they go back out in the in town and eat something different. And the other thing as well is in the uh, hygiene as well, where, where they're staying. So the facility is one of the top facilities because it's only about seven years old. So everything is brand new. And I guess this kid is, I, I know the kid. He's hes pretty spoiled and he's one of those kids that he want to get everything on the, on the plate. And it's pretty, pretty sad because... It wasn't just only him that had the boil. Probably about eight to seven kids in the, in the team had the boil. So are you saying that, as you say, this is a tropical island, so you're saying that sometimes it's just what happens? It's not that. I'm not saying it will happen because it's a skin infection. But when you have a scratch in something here in the islands, if you don't look after it, like uh, look after yourself by showering and trying to you know, cover it up, it will turn up into the boil. So I'm not saying this tropical islands because there are these things that you will realise you come here, mosquitoes, all those sort of things that would bite your body. But it's all about trying to look after yourself well. I, I guess the allegation put forward by the parents or the family is that that duty of care when something like that happens wasn't afforded to their son. Yeah, the, the, the rugby union had doctors and physios. So the, and the things about it, they, they have physios there and doctors all the time. So, and we have complaints because some of these kids don't even go and see the doctors. There are always two sides of the story. The, the thing is, if this kid was in the squad, he would never complain. But obviously, we didn't pick him, and he came out. There's a lot of things going on, because I wasn't there from the beginning, but I see what happened in the environment. And obviously, the last coach didn't try to solve the problem. He sort of let it spread instead of trying to solve the problem. That's the Samoa under-20s rugby coach, Mahanri Schwager. Tonga will host their first international rugby match in eight years when the Ikale Tahi face Manu Samoa in Nukulofa this weekend. World Rugby officials signed off on the readiness of Tilfaiva Stadium earlier this month following upgrades to the field's drainage system while work on the grandstand and facilities is ongoing. Kuro Vakauta spoke to Prop Ben Tamifuna about Tonga's crucial World Cup qualifying matches but started by asking about his test debut for the Ikaletahi against Wales two weeks ago. Finally got to put the jersey on and... Um yeah, no, just uh, just happy to be here in amongst these uh, these bunch of keen young keen boys that you know that will build in nicely and and um, I think yeah to be in camp and here especially to um, obviously put the jersey on for for your country is obviously something special. Um, yeah, no, I enjoy it and uh, and I mean, it was awesome. So I was going to get the result, but um, you know it's, it's a it's a building it's a building stone for us and we're heading in the right direction. Sure thing. Well, Ben, as you mentioned, not the result you wanted, but what's the spirit like in the camp after that, but now heading towards what's uh, a pivotal moment uh, in the season for you guys? Yeah, obviously, the boys went to get, were in together for like five days. As for when I was with together for uh, was like, I don't know, three or four weeks or so, I, mean, I think if we had the time uh, we wanted, I think, I think the results would have been different. But uh, and, and yeah, like going into the, to this week and next week, yeah, like you said, it's a crucial uh, time of the season and you know, the boys just got to tie up this week and, and I'm sure to, to now get the result on the weekend. And to be back in Tonga to play at Till Fiverr for the first time in many a year, I've noticed that um, uh, the team or team officials have met with the Prime Minister and there's a lot of support in the Kingdom, obviously, for you guys. How does it feel to, to, you know, to be playing back home again? Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a buzz happening uh, around the, the country at the moment. Obviously, knowing that we're back here, I think there's only... Uh, while we're here and the team is only two players that have from the squad have only played in uh Bill Fiverr. And and then I think it's an awesome feeling to to be back here in Tonga, especially at the home advantage. And obviously you know how the Tongans uh, celebrate and 
support, you know, it's, it's a different kind of animal. So uh, we're, looking, we're looking forward to that and, uh, yeah, support from the government and everyone is, uh, is huge. And how about pressure, Ben, uh, you know, after all these years being back in Tonga and you've mentioned that these are big games coming up against Samoa and Fiji, pretty much must-wins if you look at what you want to achieve with World Cup uh, aspirations. Is there, what, what kind of pressure's on the team? I think the good news is that we're not worried, really worried about that. We're just, you know, we're just taking it week by week. Uh, we're just worrying about us, that this is our moment, this is our time to shine. And, and if we just focus on that, that you know, those results will, will, will come our way. And, and yeah, no, like obviously we haven't really been thinking that far ahead. We've just been thinking about here and now and just this weekend. And then obviously next week we'll, we'll think about next week. So, yeah, we don't want to think too far ahead. We'll just think about the here and now and what we can control. And in terms of the here and now, Samoa, um, always great rivals. What do you expect from them this weekend? Yeah, obviously um, they've come off um, obviously a couple of big tests as well, and um, we're expecting a, just just the same kind of style as us. You know, physical. We've been to their five. It's nice and solid and dry, and I think it's going to be a bit of running rugby. So, so I think uh, you're going to see a lot of tired boys walking walking around or trying the long field, but. I want to think we're going to expect a physical, uh, physical battle up front, personally, and and yeah, he was at the most in the tank in the 60th minutes, and I think he's going to take it out. That's Tongan rugby front rower Ben Tamifuna speaking to Koro Vakauta. Meanwhile, Tier 1 rugby nations are being urged to follow the lead of Scotland, Italy and Wales by touring the Pacific Islands. The Scots were upset 27-22 in Suva at the weekend, one week after they stunned Australia in Sydney. Italy were also beaten in Suva this month, while Wales edged Manu Samoa 19-17 in Apia, a week after beating Tonga in Auckland, in a match originally scheduled for Nuku'alofa. The Flying Fijians coach John McKee says it's another big step forward for his team. A lot of work's gone into this campaign over the time together, and you know we really targeted that match and, and believing that, that we could do well against Scotland. And you said going into the match that you thought their sort of continuity, their sort of style of play would possibly you know play in, into your hands, or would be a sort of style of rugby that would uh, you know suit you guys a bit more than perhaps the week before, which was pretty tough up front. We have struggled a little bit in those games that become very stop-start, and, and you know Italy there were a lot of stoppages during the game, so we couldn't get into our rhythm. Certainly, you know Scotland quite a different sort of team, and as I said uh, after the Italian game, that, that you know the more continuity sort of game. Um, um, suits us a lot better, allows our players to get into their rhythm. So what have you learned about your team over these two weeks? Um, you wanted, obviously, improvements, as all coaches do after the Italian game. Uh, what, what pleased you about your team at the weekend? Playing to our strength, accommodations, you know, just through training together and playing together, get stronger, but certainly playing to our strength, using with our game, threatening teams out wide, uh, is very important for us. But also, you know, I think our set play has been strong. We, we had a few problems against Italy, but um, on the weekend, our strum was very strong in our, in our lineups, and, and, and particularly around the mall defence, which you need to be very good at, particularly against Northern Hemisphere teams, um, stood up very well on uh, Saturday. A lot of talk about you know teams not touring the Pacific Islands or should be doing it more often. Now, Scotland have been one of the better ones, haven't they? They've toured Fiji twice in the last five years, and I guess uh, if you get results like that and matches like that, encouraging that, that maybe more teams will do that. Well, certainly, you know, I'd like talking to the uh, management and some of the players for both the, the Italian and, and Scotland teams. You know, they, they really 
enjoy the experience of, um, of touring Fiji, the passion that people have for rugby and, and the friendliness of the people. They, they really um, relish the time of their stay here and, and you know, a number of people commented that it's one of the best touring experiences they've had. So that, that, that's great, and I think, you know, like, like the players, they need to look outside the square of, you know, just continually touring you know, Australia or New Zealand or South Africa when they come south and, and, and look to fit in more games across the Pacific to, to round out their tours. In that context, how important is it for Pacific sides like your, like your own, like the Flying Fijians, to get results like these to, to prove that um, you deserve these matches as well? Obviously, you, you deserve to host matches because all countries should, but uh, obviously the more games you win, the higher you go in those rankings, uh, uh, the more pressure can be put on those teams to say, we have to go there or, or we should go there. One of our goals is to be um, you know, a very competitive team in world rugby, you know, not, not just amongst the, the Tier 2 nations, but you know, with, with Tier 1 nations as well. And, I think, you know, we're making steps towards that direction. We've certainly got the talented players, you know, but we have our challenge of pulling our team together with our players spread all around the world. But, you know, it shows through a campaign like that 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 we're certainly heading in the right direction. And, of course, uh, your campaign is is really at the halfway stage because this was all preparation for the matches that are really crucial, which is coming up for you in two, three weeks against both Tonga and Samoa. Basically, the scenario is win one of those games and you're through to the World Cup, right? We want to finish um, Oceania number one, so I don't want to make any predictions about how many games we, we have to win. I think, you know, we've got a target winning both of those games to make absolutely sure. And, you know, the boys are on a couple of days break now. You know, we'll come back on Wednesday for a three-day camp and, and we'll really focus our efforts initially on getting a win in Tonga in two weeks' time. Huge match this weekend, Tonga hosting Samoa, their first home test match at uh, Tofaeva Stadium in eight years. I know you used to work uh, with the Tongan Rugby Union, so uh, you're very familiar with you know the situation up there. I mean, that's going to be a huge occasion for them, not only this weekend, but of course when, when you guys go there as well. You know, it's disappointing really for the Kalitai. He haven't been able to play at home because um, because they haven't had a, a suitable pitch for quite a number of years. So the local fans would be uh, relishing seeing their national team play up, play on the home ground. So we know um, that there'll be some challenges around that, and and you know with the, with the crowd right behind the home team. But I'm confident that with our squad, with you know, the preparation we've had over this June Test series, with the, you know the experienced players we've got on the team that that we can um, overcome the challenge up there. That's the Fiji rugby coach, John McKee. Fiji has ruled itself out of the running to replace Tonga as host of the 2019 Pacific Games. Tonga were awarded hosting rights in 2012, but last month the Prime Minister, Akalisi Pohiva, pulled the government's support, initially citing financial reasons, but then saying his government had other priorities. The president of the Fiji Olympic Committee, Joe Rodden Sr., said the Fasanok board discussed a possible bid before deciding against it. For two years, it's too short a time for us to really prepare our, our organising committee or organising uh, officials to host the game. Uh, we might have some of the facilities, so we probably have most of the facilities, but our issue would be training our minor sports to host lots of big meetings. That's why two years is a very short term for us. Uh, we would prefer... To go for a whole year where we can prepare really well for the game and make it really, really successful. And I'm sure there's a lot of other countries there, out there in the Pacific uh, region that's, uh, that would be really too willing to take it on. As far as in Fiji, you know, uh, the preparation time is too short. I suppose there's probably still a number of countries uh, around the region that are probably still hoping that you know Tonga can find a way to host it as well after all the effort and time they've put in. Yeah, well, we're hoping that, uh, you know, we're all hoping that Tonga would post again. All of us are hoping for that because it would be good for the development of uh, sports in Tonga and it gives the youth the opportunity to, to compete uh, with the best.
and also showcase what uh, sports is all about. Also, it gives Tonga the opportunity to build a lot of complex, which uh, normally is donated by you know, larger countries. Eh? Now, we've seen that happen over the years where countries that host teams have been given sporting complex, which they wouldn't have had if they didn't have the team. That's the president of the Fiji Olympic Committee, Joe Rodden Sr. The Cook Islands is eyeing a top 10 finish at the Netball World Youth Cup in Botswana next month. The junior Black Pearls finished 6th at the 2009 Youth Champs, but missed the last event in Glasgow four years ago. Head coach John Glassie is optimistic they can do well on the global stage. Well, when we arrive in, in Botswana, we'll, uh, we'll have a couple of days' preparation where we'll work on some tactics and that sort of thing. We've also lined up a game with Northern Ireland, uh, Zimbabwe and New Zealand. So we'll have those games prior to the tournament and that'll give us a, a wide range of different skills that other teams have to, to play against and try and adjust our gameplay. And one of the other challenges is the tyranny of distance. You're obviously based in Australia. The team is representing the Cook Islands. No doubt there's a, a few locals in there as well and, and then from New Zealand. So I guess um, just having time together as a squad must be a challenge. It has been. It has been. Finances are our main issue and so uh, for us to get together, it's quite rare for us to be able to get together regularly. So uh, when we do, we, we certainly value that time and we um, put a lot of training in during that time that we are together for the couple of days. And how often do you get that opportunity? When was the last time that the squad was together? Uh, we were together about a month ago. Before that, it was a couple of months. And um, so we've only been together a couple of times since Oceania. But, you know, we, we've had some quality training sessions. So it's been good. And so there are players based Australia, New Zealand and Cooks? Yes, yes. Cook Islands weren't at the last World Youth Champs in 2013, but uh, I think the previous one, 2009, they were the top Pacific Island performer. They did quite well. I think they finished like ninth or something like that. To be back at this level and have a team competing at the World Youth Champs uh, is challenging and financially tough as it is to get to those events. Uh, the fact that you're going to be there, that you're a part of it, you know, that in itself is uh, you know pretty important. It is, it is. And uh, just to clarify, the Cooks finished sixth and uh, Malawi finished fifth in 2009. And for us to get an opportunity to, to compete is fantastic, especially for the Pacific nations, because we do have a uh, big cost and, and that sort of thing is quite high because we have to travel every time we want to play in this international game. And uh, what do you think you're capable of this time around? Uh, Jamaica, Botswana, Malaysia, Uganda, in your group, obviously the top two will go through to the... The quarterfinals, um, so I guess, you know, you, you pick yourself up a, cu- a couple of wins and you're right, you're right in the mix there. Yeah, yeah, a couple of wins will hopefully will get us into the top two positions, which is what our goal is to be, is, is in the top two. Um, we are hoping to get a finish in the top ten uh, at this tournament. That's our goal. So if we can get top two, we've achieved that goal and anything higher is a, is a bonus. Have you got any idea about you know the teams that you are coming up against? I've had an opportunity to find out a little bit about Botswana and uh, watch Malaysia a bit on, on YouTube and that sort of thing. So going by uh, Zimbabwe will tell us a lot, but Botswana and Uganda both have a bit of height. They've got um, very strong athletic players who, who are very fit and fast. So uh, Malaysia are quite technical. So we, we sort of know where we are once we play Zimbabwe. How did Zimbabwe go against Botswana? Uh, Zimbabwe finished second in the African qualifiers. Uganda finished third and Botswana finished fourth. Botswana, of course, are the host nation, so they automatically qualify. Um, But they were the lower of the teams. But they've also been working quite hard. So they have 
a very good defence and they've been to Perth and played in a in a tournament in Perth and so we were able to uh, to see them play in Perth. That's the Cook Islands under-21 netball coach John Glassie and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.